Welcome to Thoroughly Equipped, a podcast for women where we compare the popular women's ministry teachings, books, conferences, Bible studies, etc. to scripture. Our focus is 2 Timothy 3, 16-17, that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so the man or woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I am your host, Melba Toast. May this episode bless you and bring glory to God. Hello, ladies, and welcome back to another episode of Thoroughly Equipped. This is the first episode in the fourth part of our series on if. And this is where we are really looking at what is brought into this ministry and what is being touted as discipleship tools who are our examples as disciples, and the teachings these disciples give to not only make other disciples, but that given for the spiritual growth of these disciples. So I've been taking this season of the podcast to look at Jenny Allen's very popular women's ministry, IF. The IF Gathering is a women's conference that started back in 2014 and is held every year in the spring. This is probably the most well-known facet of the IF ministry, but IF also holds a conference for the leaders and those who host IF locals. If you don't know what an IF local is, it is simply a place or location where a woman or a group of women who hosts the, uh, who will host the online conference. So they can host it at their own home, at a church, or even in a college campus. The fact that if Gathering is mostly an online conference, has made this ministry very versatile and expand very quickly. But this is part of the danger of this ministry. So essentially, the way this ministry works is that an average woman can sign up to host an IF local, purchase the rights to show the conference, and participate in all the other social activities that surround the conference. Identified then as leaders within this ministry, they then can attend an if-lead conference, which is said to help them lead and disciple other women. It's from here that the if-ministry provides tools to these leaders to help them equip, or help equip them and guide them in theological and discipleship training. These are studies provided by if, known as if-equip. It starts with the If Gathering Conference, where women are drawn into the ministry, are encouraged to become leaders, attend the If Lead Conference, and then host If Equipped studies at home or at a class under a woman's ministry at their local church. While they have studies about the Word of God and being rooted in it, they also have studies that are for Advent, unity, social justice, sanctification, women's roles, friendship, etc. Today, though... I want to present to you a session given at the IF LEAD conference held in 2019. Now, in this session, the speaker, Beth McCord, is going to talk about the benefits of using the Enneagram to strengthen the leadership and help these women disciple those under them. Now, the Enneagram has been quite popular within evangelical spheres today. It's being used as a personality tool. But its roots and the philosophy and religion within these roots are quite dangerous. We will look at these roots later, but for today, I want to go over Miss McCord's message and compare what she teaches the benefits are to using this tool and compare these benefits to scripture. 
really look at this and ask, do we need this tool to help us disciple other women? In fact, we should take some time thinking about this question. Do I need to work with someone's personality to, one, make a disciple of them, to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and to, two, uh, to teach them all that Christ has commanded them? Other questions to think as we go along is, where is sin in all this? How does assessing someone's personality help them put to death the deeds of the flesh? Does this tool help one to love as Christ instructs us in his word? These are just a few questions going around in my brain as I study about this tool. Now, a little background on Beth McCord and why she's chosen to give a session on this topic at the 2019 IFLEAD conference. Beth and Jeff McCord have a ministry or business, as I would choose to call it, entirely centered on the Enneagram. They specialize in coaching you on its purpose, use, and how to make it quote-unquote gospel-centered. On their company website, yourenneagramcoach.com, they provide course studies and personality type training. They've produced textbooks and guides and even written a book about their own journey in marriage fulfillment through the implementation of the Enneagram in their marriage. They also host a podcast of the same name that plays on Apple Podcasts and just released their YouTube channel about six months ago. The channel already has 5.76 thousand subscribers and boasts of a, quote, new way of looking at the Enneagram so you can become the person you always wanted to be, end quote. All of this is touted as being gospel-centered. So with that as the background, let's dive in. Beth starts her message by informing the audience that there is one leader who gives false messages that we all are believing. That leader is themselves. I am Beth McCord, your Enneagram coach, and it is such an honor to be here with all of you guys. So how many are familiar with the Enneagram? Okay, yes, yes, it's having its moment, I know. Um, (laughs) um, So what I want to start with today is a very provocative question, is did you know that there is one leader in your life that has false messages that you're believing that is derailing you as a leader? Did you know this? Well, who is this leader? (laughs) Yes, and what are these false messages? So yes, you're absolutely right. This leader is ourselves. And these false messages are the lies that we believe and we think they're true. And they derail us all the time, amen? Yeah. So what we wanna know is what if there was a tool? What if there was a tool that would tell you what these false messages were? That would help you to get your heart back in alignment with the truth of the gospel so that you can be the leader God has called you and created you to be. Would you like that tool? Yeah, exactly. Well, that tool is a gospel-centered approach to the Enneagram. Okay, so that is one bold claim there. A tool that will identify the lies we have been told and can bring us back to the gospel so we can be the leader God has created us to be. Wow. A tool apart from the very God-breathed word we have in scripture. A tool that was developed thousands of years later from the canon of scripture. A tool that is needed since, you know, scripture's not enough. 
I just got to move on before I actually sin in anger. Now, I know, I know there's lots of ways people are using the Enneagram, but this is a gospel-centered approach. My husband has been an ordained pastor for the last 20 years, and we learned about the Enneagram uh, about 19 years ago. And so as we were learning this amazing tool, and we didn't have the resources that are there today, it was like, ah, how do we use this from a gospel-centered approach? So we spent the last 19 years doing it, and now God has called me to bring it to you guys. So our mission at Your Enneagram Coach is to help people see themselves with astonishing clarity so they can break free from self-condemnation, fear, and shame, so that they can experience and know the unconditional love, forgiveness, and freedom of Christ. That is what Christ has done for us, right? Okay, so several things need to be addressed here. One, there's a reason she's clarifying that her and her husband's way of working with the Enneagram is gospel-centered, and that is because the Enneagram was produced by men who were certainly not Christian and used it for the formation of pagan spirituality to help you find the God within your true self. It began with worldly pagan philosophy and is still used for worldly New Age pagan spiritual formation. Notice what the McCords wish to use it for. As stated in their YouTube channel introduction video, that the Enneagram is to be implemented to help one become the person they always wanted to be. This is spiritual in nature. It's forming your personality or spirit according to the Enneagram. Now, Enneagram proponents who use it as it was originally intended use it to find the God within. The McCords want to spin that and use it to, quote, see themselves with astonishing clarity so they can break free from self-condemnation, fear, and shame so that they can experience and know the unconditional love, forgiveness, and freedom of Christ. And see, we can easily think that this is different from the New Age use of this tool, but it's really not. It's all the same goal, but just a different name. The pagan use will use this tool to find the God within. They look inside to find their true self. The self that is loved unconditionally, forgiven, and freed. The God within. The McCords are still using it in the same way for the same pur purpose. They're using it to re reveal their true self and find Christ by looking at ourselves, finding Christ within. This tool is centered on the self. And that is one of the main problems. You can dress it all up with Christianese language. It's still causing you to look inward to know, grow, and be sanctified in Christ. When scripture is the tool God uses to do that. Continuing on. You might be heaping shame, whipping your back with all sorts of uh, false lies and stuff. But Christ has taken care of it. Amen? Right. And so we want to help you to get to that place to live what is true, not what our false lies are. And so the Enneagram reveals these false messages that are playing in our mind, that are plaguing us, and that are derailing us all the time. And so the Enneagram, let me just say this very clearly, the Enneagram is an amazing tool, but the gospel is the transformation, right? The Enneagram, just like a flashlight or a hammer, it's just a tool. 
But the gospel is what frees us. The gospel is what brings our heart anew. And so that is the most important thing that you can walk away from today if you're thinking about using the Enneagram. It can't save you. It can't change you. Only Christ can. Okay, so it can't save me and it can't change me, but it can make me become the person I always wanted to be. Now, for one who is not saved, this may very well work for them, but for a Christian, our sanctification is being conformed to the image of Christ. This is who I want to be like, and that most certainly cannot be done through any man-made tool. That is the work of the Holy Spirit that resides in God's people. Does the Holy Spirit need the Enneagram to make us more like Christ? Now, what is the Enneagram? Almost everyone raised their hand, but even though you guys may know the Enneagram, a lot of you really don't know kind of the inside scoop. So for some of you, I'm going to kind of briefly show you is that the Enneagram is a nine-pointed geometric figure. And what it's really showing you is that there are nine valid perspectives in seeing the world or interpreting events, which is really helpful because if you have a friend, a coworker, a parent, a child, a spouse, and you're like, why did they do that? Anyone feel like that? Like all the time? This is gonna help you to understand that they see the world and experience it and then deal with it differently. And it gives us compassion and understanding. Wouldn't that be helpful as a leader? Yeah. So these nine points are different yet valid ways people see the world. Is this a form of standpoint epistemology, a way of arriving at truth based on one's viewpoint? Why as a leader, or let's use biblical language here, why as a minister of God do I need to know any other viewpoint other than God's? Sure, I can show compassion to all, regardless of how they view the world, but that's not going to change the commands of Christ. I don't need to know that someone is a peacemaker number nine to love, serve, and call them to obey Christ. But let's continue. And the Enneagram in its most fundamental form is that the Enneagram is your internal GPS. The biggest thing here is that the Enneagram tells you why you think, feel, and behave in particular ways. And the reason is so that you can steer your heart back into the best path for your personality type in becoming more like Christ. We have Pinterest and we have books and journals and all these things that are telling us you should be like this, you should be like that. We should be like Christ and how Christ has designed us uniquely, right? And so what might be the best path for you might be slightly different for me. Obviously, the end goal is Christ, so that's the same. That's true and amen, but we're different. So there you go. The Enneagram makes you more like Christ. And as unique as we are, you know, so unique that there are only nine personality types, we can understand each other better through it, conforming us all to Christ by the power of the Enneagram. Sorry. <laughs> Perhaps I'm answering a fool according to his folly too much here. But let's hear some more. And so we want to use the Enneagram like a rumble strip on the highway. That thing that alerts you when you're veering off path. How many of you in your relationships in your life, you stumble and you fall into the same pitfall every single day or year or season, and you're like, how did I get here? Anyone? Yeah. And it's so frustrating. And for me... As a pastor's wife, I was like flogging myself internally, thinking, is there any sanctification happening here? Well, 
I was just veering off course, but now the Enneagram shows me, hey, guess what? If you keep thinking those thoughts, you are gonna veer off course because this is the path that it goes down. But praise be to God, I have the truth of the gospel that I can align my heart with and become more like Christ and free. Isn't that awesome? So we don't need to use the Enneagram to beat ourselves up. That's the opposite of how we want to use it. We want to use it as a warning sign. So we use the Enneagram to show us where we go off track. Does she mean sin? The Enneagram is like the, quote, rumble strip on the highway, end quote, basically telling us how to stay on the road. So the Enneagram shows us how to be righteous. Based on our number, we can know how to behave and how not to behave. Doesn't God's moral law show that to us? Now, her road analogy is quite ironic to me. Why? Because Jesus used a road analogy as well, calling his people to enter the narrow gate through himself, because the gate to hell is wide and the road is easy and there are many who travel it. Matthew seven thirteen. Righteousness is through a very narrow gate, through only one person, Jesus the Christ. All others enter the wide gate and travel the wide road, making and working to attain their own righteousness. That sounds exactly like what a gospel-centered Enneagram is trying to achieve here. Miss McCord continues to explain how the Enneagram reveals the problem. We also want to use the Enneagram to reveal the problem. So what is the problem at hand? What's causing us to steer off course? The heart of the problem is the problem of our hearts. What is in the heart comes out. And so we need a surgeon to come in and fix our heart, right? And that's where we want to use the Enneagram as a flashlight. The, The Enneagram illuminates your heart's condition and it tells you if you are aligned misaligned or out of alignment with the truth of the gospel. And so what this is gonna look like is when you are healthy, you are gonna know, believe, and trust that you are Christ's most beloved daughter. And you are gonna live that out because your heart's aligned. You're believing it, that it is what's true. It's like if we were all to right now say, oh, if I could only be in the sanctuary at fellowship, wouldn't that be great? Well, it'd be like, you're there. You're already there, you already have it. And that's what I'm trying to tell you, you already have what Christ has offered you. You don't have to get to it, you don't have to strive, you need to be in it. So be his most beloved child, because that's who you are. Yep, the problem is in our hearts. But the Enneagram created by men who don't know God and suppress the truth and unrighteousness, Romans 1.18, is not like a flashlight revealing where our hearts go wrong. That is the job of scripture, which is not only a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, Psalm 119, 105, it is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, even penetrating as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart, Hebrews 4, 12. The scriptures are spoken by God himself, 2 Timothy 3.16, who gives true understanding and directs the heart to hate every false way, Psalm 119, verse 104. She also stated that when we are healthy, we will, quote, know, believe, and trust that we are Christ's most beloved daughter, and we will live 
that out because our hearts are aligned, end quote. So the way we know we are healthy is through the Enneagram, through identifying our number or our personality. And it is through that knowledge derived from this pagan source redeemed by God by the McCords to make it gospel-centered that we can therefore pursue a healthy personality and know that we are Christ's beloved. Scripture says that it is through Christ and Christ alone that we are healed. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. 1 Peter 2.24 It is a work of our Lord through God's word, John 17.17 17, and 2 Timothy 3.16-17, by the power of the Holy Spirit that makes us healthy and conform us to Christ. Not the work of our Lord through the guidance of the Enneagram by the power of the Holy Spirit. Beth dives a bit more into how the Enneagram helps align ourselves and gets us back on course. But even though our relationship status never changes, our hearts and mind can wander from it. And it often does. And we get misaligned where we start to think, I gotta do it in my own strength. I know Christ and God are taking care of all these things, but I'm not sure about this. Maybe I should fix this, right? We do it all the time. But then we recognize that we're falling into those common pitfalls again and again. And then when we think we're an orphan alone in life, that we're not his beloved child, we're out of alignment. And it is, we are way off course. And so, what we need to do is pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and we'll be better, right? No, <laughs> that is not it. It's not reading more, doing this. It is surrendering and depending on the Holy Spirit to transform you. It is the work of Christ on your behalf that brings you back up in knowing and believing that you're his beloved because you are. It's just like trying to be in this room. We're already here. We need to now experience and rest in the grace that has already been offered to us. Now, when our heart is aligned with the truth of the gospel, you're gonna see the fruit in your relationships, right? And I know you already have. Like, man, when I know I'm doing really well and I'm just really soaring in Christ's finished work, man, I see so many great things happening. But when we are misaligned, we're gonna see the results and we're, our relationships are gonna suffer. And as leaders, it's gonna suffer greatly. So she gives a stipulation, letting us know that it's not by our own power that we align ourselves, but by the power of the Holy Spirit that we become healthy, as she called it. And so we are to rest in the grace that has already been offered to us. But my question is, would the Holy Spirit instruct his people to, one, add a tool to scripture after stating that it was all we need to thoroughly equip us for every good work? And two, implement something that was invented by men who believed that the divine nature exists within all of creation. Men who believe that we can each attain God by looking within and tapping into that essence. The good resides in all of us. We only need to retrieve and believe. I don't think so. Now, Miss McCord is going to address our why, looking at why we do what we do. And if we know what these are, we can identify the false messages so we can keep ourselves focused on Christ. Let's listen in. Now, what is your why? And how do you find out your main type? And I know that a lot of you have probably taken my test or other tests, 
but I wanna show you real quickly really how to find and hone in on your why, why you do what you do. And this is gonna be important because it's gonna help you to know what those false messages are in your mind to help you to stay focused on Christ. So it's the four core motivations. We have a core fear that we're always trying to run away from, avoid, and prevent. We have a core desire that we're always trying to strive and to obtain. Like, if I have that thing, life will be perfect. We also have a core weakness, the thing that is constantly a thorn in our side, our Achilles heel, the weakness, the struggle. But because of God, his power is made perfect in our weakness, right? And so we can rest that when we are weak, he is strong. And this core weakness is also called the passion or the deadly sin. And we need to realize that this is actually a blessing. Now I know it doesn't feel like a blessing, trust me. But it's a blessing because it always is reminding me that I need Jesus. Each and every day, every hour. Because if I am not paying attention, this core weakness will take me over, right? And so it reminds me, no, Christ is my power and my strength and I can rest in him. Now we all have a core longing. This is the central message that our heart has always longed to hear. And we have tried all sorts of ways to get it from others to tell it to us. And they don't. And so we have a spring of living water, which is Christ, and we have broken cisterns, clay pots that are broken that don't hold water. And those clay pots are all the ways we've tried to get it. Spouse, friends, teachers, parents, you name it, careers. And we're so frustrated because no one is giving us this core message that we need. We have this longing. She describes four core motivations. One, a core fear we are trying to avoid. Two, a core desire we are trying to attain. Three, a core weakness or passion or deadly sin. She describes this as our biggest problem, a certain thing that is a blessing when we use it to remind ourselves that we need Christ. And the fourth core is a longing, what we want others to say about us. This is, of course, describing a personality trait, but our problem is not one personality trait that keeps us in bondage, but that we, apart from Christ, have a sinful nature that is in pure rebellion against God, and wants nothing to do with him. That core nature, as I'm putting it, affects every part of my personality and flesh. The Enneagram, being a personality tool, is stated to describe these personalities and give information on why these personalities do what they do. All four of these core motivations reveal our sinful nature and at the very base of them is our lack of faith and knowledge of God. Fear we are trying to avoid, a desire we are trying to attain, a weakness or sin, and a longing for a certain reputation. All of these are self-focused and achievement of self-glory. You cannot take a tool that is fully intended to focus a person on self-glory and redeem it to make it gospel-centered. The reason why the two cannot mix is because man's glory is at odds with God's glory because of sin. It is precisely because we want glory and are self-focused that we do not give glory to God. The two are like oil and water. They do not mix. I believe that in today's age, many women strive for self-glory and twist the Christian faith to do just that. 
But if one is in scripture and really going to it for all wisdom and understanding, that woman cannot but see that scripture does not glorify man, but glorifies God. And I think that deep down, this is why people try to mix man's philosophies, man's religion, humanism, liberalism, and man's theology with scripture, because they want to add even a small part of man's glory to it. Thus says God the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you as a covenant for the people, a light for the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison, those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord. That is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to carved idols. That was Isaiah 42, 5-8. And she goes on to describe the nine types, labeling and giving a short description of them. Then she puts up on the screen a chart that gives the false lies that come with each personality and goes into how Christ satisfies or corrects these lies. Here's a clip of her giving her number and herself as an example. But this is so important, guys, is to see that we have a false message that is constantly hounding us. And we think it's true, and it's not. So let me focus on mine. I'm the peaceful mediator. And the record player that plays in my mind is don't assert yourself. So I've been studying the Enneagram for 19 years. We've used it in our church as pastor's family with couples and seen amazing things happen. But I was always the quiet one, pushing my pastor husband in front, like, oh, they'll just wanna hear from you, not me. So I did that for years, and I would just hide. Until a couple years ago, God woke me up, and he called me out and told me I have a message, and I have a purpose, and I've got to tell other people about the gospel-centered approach to the Enneagram. And everything in me says, it's not okay to assert yourself, Beth. Who are you? You don't have a voice that matters. No one's gonna care. Guys, it's plagued me my whole life. But praise be to God that the, how he satisfies it, it's not you that satisfies, it's not my husband, it's not my kids, it's not a career. Christ says to me that my presence matters. And like I could even cry right now when I say it. Right, nines? <laughs> and all of you that are seeing your message, you're feeling the same thing. God said that my presence matters, not because of what I do, but because of what he did on my behalf. Because I truly matter to him. And when my heart is unlocked in that message, I can now be who God has called me to be without fear and condemnation and shame. And I can come out and speak in ways that are like, yeah, this is who I am. Praise be to God. So God tells her to use the Enneagram, shows her that she is a nine and that she doesn't like to assert herself, instructs her to reject that lie and redeem the Enneagram consulting a pagan spiritual tool and making it gospel-centered, promoting it to Christians as a means of making one spiritually healthy. We see an example of someone consulting or using a pagan spiritual tool to get answers instead of consulting God, and that is Saul. Saul had rejected the instructions given to him by the Lord on how to deal with Amalek. So the Lord turned 
from Saul became his enemy. Knowing that God would not answer him, he consulted a medium to wake Samuel from the dead. Again, Saul completely rejects God's clear instruction to not use pagan spiritual tools to divine instruction or receive information. And God did not commend Saul, even though Saul chose to wake a true prophet of God, Samuel, from the dead. God killed Saul for not keeping the word of the Lord and for seeking the counsel of a medium. 1 Chronicles 10, 13-14 We see from Saul's example that he wanted to do things his way, for Samuel 28, and did not trust God to where he would obey God's commands or look to God's word. Is it the same for Miss McCord? Was God's completed word as given to us in scripture not enough in her eyes to equip her that she then determined to use a pagan extra biblical tool to equip her for leadership? Would the Holy Spirit encourage her in this way and inform her to look to other things besides his very word? I don't think so. I don't know if it's a correct statement to say that someone's quote, presence matters either. But it is correct to say that all children of God matter to him. We do not need the Enneagram to explain this to us, for that would be to reject the truth of God's love through the sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ. But just because someone, quote, matters to God does not mean that they can defy or ignore God's clear instructions. In fact, a child of God may be deceived for a time or may not be mature in their understanding of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and the sufficiency of God's word to equip us for good works. But the Holy Spirit will mature and sanctify the child as God promises to keep and draw them out of deception and sanctify them in his word. John seventeen seventeen, And so because of this truth, I pray that God brings light to the McCords to see how what they are teaching and promoting actually rejects scripture's sufficiency and the Spirit's work in drawing one to be guided by his word and not a tool produced by pagan men who have suppressed the truth and unrighteousness. The rest of the message is her promoting her and her husband's coaching business and their new book release, so I won't play the rest. As redeemed or gospel-centered as the McCords want to make this tool, you cannot get away from the clearly spoken fact that the McCords believe scripture is insufficient to 1. Identify our heart problem, 2. Correct it, 3. Identify lies and bring light to the truth, and 4. Bring us to know that we belong to Christ. Now, I haven't really gone into the history of this tool, and the theology that comes with it. That I will leave to a more informed person than myself. In the next episode, I will have a special guest, Mr. Ren Cherry, who has studied the Enneagram and its historical and theological foundations, and has written a book on the subject titled Enneagram Theology, Is It Biblical? I'm really looking forward to that interview and pray it will educate and bless you. My focus and this episode, though, was to expose how If Lead promotes this tool through giving Beth McCord a platform to proclaim this, that this tool is important and should be used by the leaders of Jenny Allen's If Ministry. I also wanted to show you the claims that the McCords make in regards to this tool and their redeeming it for a gospel-centered purpose. How doing that 
undermines the sufficiency and authority of Scripture. So until next time, I pray that you understand and trust more and more that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ, Philippians 1.6, and that the spirit that was given to you by faith will also perfect you by faith, Galatians 3.3. I pray that you see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. Colossians 2, 8-10 Trust that God's word is the tool that exposes your sinful nature and calls you to Christ's conformity, teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training you up for this exact purpose. It is a light unto your path, one I pray you never stray from, by turning to the right or to the left, so that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let the book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Joshua 1.8 When God calls you to lead other women to Christ and disciple them, this book is all you will ever need. And that's why I pray that you are in his word. Ladies, if you are interested in the transcript for this episode, you can go to ttew.org. You can find other great resources, articles, blogs, and videos that may bless you in your Christian walk, as well as links to follow me on social media. If you wish to contact me, you can email me at thoroughlyequipped316 at gmail.com. Again, the website address is ttew.org. Thoroughly Equipped is part of Striving for Eternity's Christian podcast community. Striving for Eternity is a Christ-centered ministry focused on equipping people for eternity by assisting Christians to have an eternal perspective on life. They strive to bring evangelism, discipleship, apologetics, and Christian living together for the purpose of eternal preparation by exalting God, edifying and equipping the saints, and evangelizing the lost. They provide speakers, online articles, online courses, books, podcasts, and other theological resources, all centered on God's Word. To find out more, go to strivingforeternity.org. And to listen to other podcasts, go to podcast.strivingforeternity.org. I pray that their resources bless you as they have blessed me as we live our lives day by day, praising and glorifying God.